Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adelamarcy Unplugged. Today we are actually on the road, hence why there's a bit of a background noise, and I apologize for that in advance. Hopefully we get that in the post-edit. Today our guest is none other than Matt Kendall. Matt is one of the coolest guys I've actually met so far. Not so much in person, but more or less in passing, simply because I've had so many friends uh, tell me about him. One of my friends in particular I'm working on getting on the show is Haley Quinn. And uh, she speaks at Matt's events quite often. She always sings his praises, and that's how I kind of know of Matt. Um, but other than that, today we're sponsored by, of course, the hosting company is always purelyhosting.com forward slash Adil. Go over there and go ahead and get your website sorted, and they will build it for you. I think you get the whole year to uh, hosting for a really good price. They have, like, it's not a virtual private server, but it's not shared hosting. It's like business shared, so it's like in the halfway in between. Um, so, you know, good up times and they also build your sites. And today we're also sponsored by straightforwardmarketingsystem.com forward slash Adil where we will be getting some more stuff from there because it's Matt's business and he's kind of vaguely kept me in the dark and just told me, do this! I'm like, okay, fine, I trust you. Uh, who knows? It could be going to like some porn and I, I apologize if it does. Maybe not. I know. Uh, it's entirely up to Matt what he does with that site. Matt, are you there? Thanks for being here. I mean, you kept quiet. I'm while here, just randomly... loud and clear, live in London. <laughs> yes, me randomly rambling through that. I was like, man, is he going to save me or just get <laughs> mad at me here? I don't know. Just If I hear like a quiet tone, I'm like, the interview was over when I made the porn reference. So we're okay. <laughs> anyway. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it's good to hear. Okay, so Matt, like, there's, I'm not going into your history too much because honestly, I don't know much about you except for what Haley tells me. And Haley's stuff is usually Matt is a great guy. I love speaking at his events, and that's usually the gist I get from it. Okay, that's it. So you're gonna have to give me a little bit more of a kind of fill in of who you are, so uh, we can get, you know. Well, so do you want my sort of backstory condensed into a few minutes? Yeah, go for it. About sort of okay. Well, originally from near where you are at the moment, I'm originally from York, and I moved to Manchester when I was 18. Um, Got to... rid of the accent instantly. I, yeah, I don't have the accent, which is quite... Well, I do if I have a few drinks and I'm up north, I become much more northern. Um, <laughs> but when I'm down south, people say I sound northern, when I'm up north, people say I sound from down south, so whichever way, you know, I'm, I'm in the wrong. Um, <laughs> So basically, I went to university uh, in Manchester when I was 18, and I stayed there um, afterwards. And when I was there, I actually got interested in doing stand-up comedy, and I did it in Manchester. I used to do it in York and Leeds and Harrogate, and it was quite novel because I was only 15, 16 at the time. So I used to have to be snuck into comedy clubs and snuck out because I wasn't old enough to be there. So that was quite fun, and so. And I just started doing that just because I, I enjoyed doing it. So I was used to being in front of crowds of people and organizing people to get to the events, to the gigs and stuff like that. I just sort of naturally liked it. And, and so I went to Manchester and I continued doing comedy and I actually got sort of quite good. I actually got into the finals of a competition called So You Think You're Funny, which um, is quite a big competition from what yeah, especially now it is but uh, whilst I was at uni I was, I was just playing football in the park it just I was meant to be revising somebody kicked me the ball I kicked it back at an awkward angle and I actually pulled two muscles in my lower back and so I couldn't walk for months and so I had to miss the finals that were in Edinburgh so that kind of finished off my little comedy dream oh. um, and so I, and I never went back to it but I've always started I always like to be on stage to a degree um, and so, 
and I liked kind of because I I'd actually grown up working in theatres. Um, my sister used to be a theatre manager, and I started to go work there when I was sixteen. And I worked um, front of house, and I also worked backstage. And so I, I liked the whole sort of performance theatre kind of aspect of things. You know, the organisation, how it all works together. And so um, when I finished uni, or for my final dissertation. I had to create um, something for my actual dissertation, for my final year project. So, because I was still into comedy at the time, I created an, um, an a, like a database-driven website for comedians and musicians. And this was back in 2002, before the internet is anything like it is today. You know, this was like somebody sent me an email with a picture attachment, and this was like groundbreaking. You know, literally sort of groundbreaking stuff. And so. I created a website for musicians and comedians that I knew and I thought what would actually be really good is actually to have my own live event and then I could take lots of pictures and create a website that has content. So I got in contact with a local pub or a local cafe bar with some uh, comedians with some musicians and I hosted an event and it went really really well and um, I really enjoyed it so I thought I'm going to do it again. And I did it again and again and again. And I created something called New Manchester Bands, which was a, my first real little little company that I'd registered, you know, to be self-employed. Um, I'd also started working in an office job at this time as well, because I'd left uni. It was 2002. I'd left uni working in an office job. I was also running um, New Manchester Bands. And I used to run uh, several events a month. And um, I got a really good reputation, and because I came to it from a quite a level-headed, unattached kind of uh, perspective, I'm not just somebody who's all in it for the music or something. You know what I mean, I was actually in it for like business reasons, and and this is how I kind of got good at business. I worked out what I really wanted from it. What did the club want from it? What did the bands want from it? What did the engineers want from it? And I kind of worked everything out in advance. And I found this really easy to do, to basically how to please a lot of the people all the time sort of sort of thing. And so I worked out how it all worked out. And basically, um, I worked out very early on that people don't go and see live bands unless they know them. Yeah. You know, unless they're a big band, that just there's no real kind of uh, market for it. Um, so I worked, I, I sold tickets to the bands rather than people individually. And basically the bands always did really, really well out of it. And I worked with some bands who are like kicking around today, you know, who are quite big, you know, that I was working with um, many years ago. And so... Can we get any names or is that like, no, I'm just going um, to keep Yeah, talking. basically, when, well, when I was around, uh, people like I Am Clute, Ocean Size, uh, even Pete Doherty, people like that used to say... Um, Arctic Monkeys. I never promoted Arctic Monkeys like that, but they were around that scene mm -hmm. when I was uh, involved in it. So I had seen them play, and you know, at my venues and through other people. Um, the Ting Tings, I used to know. Yeah. Um, they they used to be called Dereskimo, I believe. Yeah. I um, but they then went to be called the Ting Tings, and so and so quite a few people who say like are around. And also, I used to hire DJs as well. So I used to hire. Uh, a guy called Tom Hingley, who was the lead singer of In Spiral Carpets, um, and Rick Witter from Shed 7. And so they used to come and DJ for me. And basically, I turned it from a band night into just a club night. And I used to run it at a, at a club called 42nd Street in Manchester, which is a, a very famous indie club. And so I, I was running all these events, and um, 
I, because I was running events, I was buying a lot of printing, you know, flyers, posters, business cards, things like that. And the guy who I used to buy them off, who I just met on a, I met on like the Shell, um, like Shell Petrol, they used to have a, a young entrepreneur scheme or something, and they used to have like a message board, and I used to go on there an awful lot, and it was really handy. And I met this guy, and he, he won like the Young Entrepreneur of the Year because he created an, an online printing system. And again, back in 2002, 2003, this was like revolutionary of what he'd actually done. You know, it was like on ordering stuff online, which was still really new. And because of the way that I worked and stuff like that, he actually really liked the way that I worked. And he asked me if I wanted to start selling print, like, you know, business cards, flyers, things like that. And he told me how he did it in editor. He was based in um, Aberdeen. And basically, I was offered it for free. So it was pretty much like a dropship solution. So I was given a website, <clears throat> which I then um, tuned up, basically. But it was built on his system. I just had, like, the, the uh, front end of it. All the products were already loaded. I just had to edit them and, you know, put my own prices on. Um, and it worked brilliantly. So I would then go out and do the customer service. And all the back-end stuff was taken care of. Nice. And so I started, yeah, so I started to get much more into marketing. My actual fl my flatmate used to be a carpet cleaner. Now, with carpet cleaner, uh, there is a company, I don't know if they still do it now, but basically there's a guy called, you know Joe Polish, yeah? Yeah, Joe's an amazing guy. I mean, he's the one that revolutionized the carpet cleaning business with. Well, so. exactly. He, well, he, he started something called Piranha Marketing. Now... <clears throat> Excuse me. So my flatmate and his dad owned a carpet cleaning business, and they went out to, to America to the carpet cleaning, uh, you know, the week-long event, what have you. And they had all these DVDs, and um, he used to do something. I don't know if he does anymore. Called the Genius Interview Series or the Genius Interview Network or something. Mm -hmm. um, and this is how old it is. They used to come out on cassette tapes. <laughs> okay, and show my age. So I, I think I've actually still got a set somewhere. That's because. Um... One of my cousins gave me a set for like my birthday in two thousand eight, from like the original two thousand two version. Like I still have that somewhere. I need to find those and a cassette player because you know they're ancient. I know, yeah. It's like find a VHS player. Let's go. I know. Going old school on it. I know, and then and then learn how to take cash. We're all going old school now. Well, I really got interested in marketing, in direct response marketing, not branding, not kind of anything like that. I'm very much. How much money does this make? You know, not. I, I don't want to build my brand. How much money does this make if I put this advert out? That's all I was really interested in. And so I really got a very good education in marketing through sort of Piranha Marketing, through the Interview Network. Through then, I learned about uh, Paul Ross, who turned out to be Ross Jeffries, which kind of took my life in a very strange direction. Um, <laughs> and so I learned about, and I really learned about marketing more than anything. So I, I was running like a business from home. Um, I'd, I'd left the job that I was in, but I'd, I'd got asked to leave because I was running my business from there. They didn't take to it too well, so I had to leave. Um, so basically, I had to resign, um, which worked out fine because basically, when I when I did resign and walked out, I actually said to myself, right, well, I'm never going to work for anybody ever again. I don't really like going to an office where everyone's just depressed and just doesn't want to be there, and it's a horrible atmosphere when people are doing a job they don't want to do an environment they don't want to be in it's street you know i was i wouldn't say i was depressed but i understand why people got depressed and had depression yeah even in my early 20s and 
So I started to produce print more and more through the things I was learning through Piranha Marketing. And at this time as well, I also met a hypnotist at, a, at an event. And I, I got into a bit of hypnosis and NLP, obviously, because when you get into marketing, a lot of your NLP comes up all the time. And I also really like Derek Brown being a big fan of him. And um, you know, the other hypnotists on really loud there don't you want to still there hold on yeah i basically just muted myself because i was like you know, right, that, okay. that makes a lot more sense to this while you're speaking i mute myself okay okay and so so basically i started um so so i, so I really liked uh, nlp and hypnotist hypnotherapist everything like that and i went to a networking event one day and i met a hypnotherapist who asked if i wanted to be hypnotized for 10 quid and i was like of course I want to be hypnotized for a tenor. That sounds brilliant. So I went along, got hypnotized, loved it. He found lots of problems, obviously, because that's how he worked. Um, had to go back for some more sessions. Overall, he wasn't a very good hypnotherapist, but I could see how it really worked. I really got a very good understanding of how it worked. And he basically said, I think you should train to be a hypnotherapist um, now, because I think you've got something about you that would make you a very good hypnotherapist. Now, I had no interest in therapy. Uh, I have no interest in counselling or anything like that. But I liked hypnosis because it didn't really sort of get involved in the story of things. It was much more to do about change. So I got interested in hypnosis, um, qualified, and I actually went and studied under lots of different people all around Manchester and all around the country, actually. And I just used to watch people work. And I then started, because I, I understood about you know, the whole game community, uh, yeah, the seduction dating community. Mm -hmm. I started working with guys for anxiety and with basically, you know, related to girls, kind of relationship issues, sexual issues. Approach anxiety. Um, big, being approach anxiety, one. all of that, absolutely. And I was working out of a gym um, in central Manchester. So I had like a nice setup. It was already good. I had, my, I had my online printing businesses working. Um, I started a networking company called Brookfield Networking, just to put that into practice. Because I had like this huge shared office, like an open hub space in central Manchester and Central Street. So I started running like events because I thought rather than me going to lots of events, I could just bring everybody to me. And I thought that's the best way to do things. And so that's what I did. And so I started to run networking events. And um, I started working with a lot of guys, started to get a very strong reputation for working with guys. And I kept coming down to London to do courses, you know, to do like trainings, things like that. And then I then actually came down to attend an, an event by PUA Training. It was just a one day event by like, Matt Hussey, somebody who I'd later go on to work with. Uh, Wait, then. What, Matthew Hussey? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I was just sorry, trying to catch the name there because for some reason it just dropped out. So that's cool. Yeah. And I came down and he was doing a talk. And I just thought to myself, London's great. By now I'd been in Manchester for 10 years. And, you know, the weather gets to you. And the whole app, you know, it is the kind of place you can go out every weekend to the same places. And you will see the same people. You know? Yeah, I've actually and noticed just being up here for the last hour. It's freaked me out. I'm from like Leicester where it's small and then when I, I've lived in London for like six months and that's yeah. how you know that it's changed you when you can walk down a street before, you know, only a few people on the street, maybe 10 people, wouldn't bother you. 
now it freaks me out if I see mm. ten people on the street because I'm like, there should be more. Where's everyone? Yeah. Oh, it's and the thing is like Manchester during the week in town was almost like a ghost town. It was just there's nobody about doing anything and and you know I really like Manchester but I'd had my time there you know. Yeah. And so. My sister lives in London, and she said, if you want to move down to London, you can come and stay with me. And um, so I was talking, I was in like, I was, I was in the break for this talk for Matt Hussey, and Matt Hussey was actually in Starbucks. And I just got talking, and said, yeah, I'm really enjoying your talk. I said, oh, I'm thinking about moving to London. And so I talked to him for a while, and he said, just do it. If you don't do it now, when are you going to do it, you know? So I decided, I was like, you know what, I will. So... I went back to my sister's that evening and said, would it be okay to stay with me for a while? Because yeah, you can stay with me for as long as you need. And my sister lives in a studio, a very, very small studio <laughs> in the hill. And um, I went back home the next day to Manchester. And I told everyone, well, I didn't, not straight away, but I'd made the decision that I was moving. And I sold everything I had. I left my office space. I left the gym that I my office at. Uh, my clinic at, and I'd moved to London within five weeks. Um, I'd literally sold everything I owned. Um, I didn't own much stuff, I just sold everything I owned. And I turned up to London on the 1st of April, six years ago, so 2009, with, uh, with a, two bags of clothes and a laptop. And I had about four grand that I'd saved up, um, no job to go to, nowhere to live apart from my, my sister's sofa, which was tiny. And um, I was like, right, what am I going to do now? Um, and so I got a local clinic that I could do a therapy from. And then I contacted a guy called Richard Larina, or Gamba. Yeah, the guy that runs PUA training for the people that That's don't correct. know. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I emailed him and I said, look, I really like your company. Um, I'm a therapist and I specialize in working with guys. Can I come in? I wanted to do a JV with him. You know, I wanted him to promote me to his list, really. That's what I was after. And he gave me a call and we were on the phone for about an hour. And then he said, look, we run a residential program. We've got this guy who's going to go home because he's, he's really anxious. Did it? You know, he gave, he says, if you can come in and work with him, we'll take it from there. So you've got an hour. So I went in and did an hour with this guy. And he completely turned everything around. He stayed. He went on to get amazing results, and I went down to a boot camp that PUA training were doing. And as I walked in, this guy who I was working with standing up was there singing my praises in front of Gambler, um, Kezia Noble was there, and all the people. And so Richard was like, right, we want you to work a lot with us. And I was there for four years. And I, I went from just doing like the odd boot camp and stuff like that to being the residential manager and life events manager. And I used to take care of all like the boot camps, all the live trainings, all the management of the trainers, um, basically the quality of the the live events, really. Oh wait, dude, no way. Okay, no, 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 you're kidding me. That was you? Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, dude, that's hilarious. I've known you a lot longer than I thought. I'll explain. I'll explain. I've never been to one of their boot camps, but I used to write for everyone in the dating niche. Like, literally, nearly everyone. I wrote for Sin, I wrote for Nick Grogue, I wrote for... Oh, um, okay. Like, a lot of the top guys have actually come to me for advice or copy. And do you know Dion? Yeah, of Yeah, uh, David, for the people that might know him by a different name, but Dion was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, Dion is actually, when he started working with Yosha and uh, Haley, it was around the same time that he and I got talking, 
that I was actually just coming out of the dating niche. Right. So I remember your name being mentioned to me like four or five times around that time. I was like, oh, okay, cool, no worries, blah, blah. And so okay. like, my brain just wouldn't, uh, like, it wouldn't connect cause it was, <laughs> because it was just more or less like, yeah, we'll, uh, if we do take this further, then we'll have to pass you on to a guy called Matt Kendall. He'll, he'll sort out this sort of stuff and we'll see if we can run a boot camp and get you to write the copy for it. I was like, okay, nothing ever happened with that, but I was like, Okay. All right, that's cool. But that's just really interesting. Small yeah, I, I used to go under the name Hypnomat as well. Um, because Matt Hussey was working there, I went under the name Hypnomat because <laughs> I couldn't have the name Matt. Um, but yeah, I did all of the live management side for UA training. Um, and then also, because Matt Hussey then set up a company called Get The Guy. Yep. And I went to go work with him for a while. So basically, in its very early stages, I used to... Uh, run the first few hours of the weekend boot camps that he used to do for women mm -hmm. and so and basically I started to get very very good at therapy at working with guys because I used to work with them every day you know every week for hours um, and I decided the thing is I'm very much into psychology but I'm not into sort of like happy clappy just feel good I'm very much into tangible things and so I, I decided to start interesting talks um, as a demonstration of how to do something uh-huh and basically it got out of hand in a sense it just it was a lot more successful than i intended it to be or than i thought it would be and so basically the idea was have some interesting people give a talk to some people who want to listen that's it i like ted talks i like i like i've always liked stand-up and stuff so it was kind of going on like a in that sense like a gig really and so my first event was marcus Oki and hayley quinn my two favorite friends and, in the whole wide world yeah yeah, they both didn't come to the first event, and uh, they both dropped out on me, which was good of them. Um, they have both spoken many times since. And it was in a, bu a pub in Leicester Square, and in like in a top room, and that was four years ago. And I, I started to do like once a month, and I run something called Meetup, and basically got more and more. And now Interesting Talks is the largest group of its kind in Meetup, there's, I think there's 13,000 members. Um, I do up to 10 events a month. Everything always sells out all the time. Um, we haven't had an event not sell out for three years. Mm -hmm. And so, which, which is fun. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I also, because I'm interested in therapy as well, I got very interested in something called IEMT, which is an eye movement process. Yeah. And I actually have trained to become a trainer in that as well. So I actually, so what my business is now is I see private clients one-on-one -on -one in my office down on Old Street. I run interesting talks. I run workshops from interesting talks as well. So I run a conversation course um, and I run like therapy, like little therapy workshops. Um, I have also just started interesting business talk. It's just started last month and that's in St. Paul's and that's going really well. Yes, and um, I'm already booking myself onto like at least six of those shows this year, just so you know. It's like oh, this, cool, this cool. is like a self-booking right now. I'm, I'm just kidding. If you, cool. Matt can say <laughs> no at this point. To everyone listening, I'm just I'm teasing around with him. So if it happens, awesome. If it doesn't, I'm just messing around it's, anyway. <laughs> it's yeah. Well, with the business ones, this is where I'm now going. To, basically, my next stage, I'm going to move into a lot more to webinars. Um, but that's kind of what I do. So I kind of set up small businesses that work because I understand marketing, um, and I understand direct response marketing. Yeah. And so I work with a lot of therapists as well. I do sort of consulting with therapists and people are setting up meetup groups. 
but yeah, so I, I run meetup groups, I run workshops, I do, I don't do any sort of pickup stuff really anymore. I, I speak now and again at the odd thing, um, but basically I got really well known as like the confidence expert, but I did confidence without it being about the Tony Robbins style, you know, I did very much about practical, look at, you know, if you're depressed, look at your life, that's why you you know, that's why you have depression sort of thing. Yeah. And so I was a very practical, very pragmatic approach towards um, lifestyle and um, quality of life. And so I still do do talks on that now and again for different groups. But yeah, so where I am now, you know, like interesting talks is going well. Uh, we have a membership site around that. Uh, I've recorded, uh, we'll talk about this later, a whole marketing product which I have online, which basically just goes through everything about how to set up and run a small business. It's not a get, get rich quick overnight thing. People say, how did I make... So I've now made over £100,000 on Meetup, and I don't know many people who have done that. And people say, how do I do it? And I was like, well, it's, it's four years of consistent hard work. And, you know, this is not a very sexy answer, I know. Um, and that's where I am now, and I do a lot of podcasts because I like to you know, do interviews. So that's uh, that a bit longer than a couple of minutes, but basically that's that's what I do. Well, there's a shitload of stuff in there that people can glean off. And if guys, you're listening to this, and gals, and you haven't picked anything up there, come on! There is so much good stuff there that you could pick up from. Namely, direct response is the best thing in the whole wide world, and I keep telling you this, <laughs> because, I, you know, I've done direct response for nearly 14 years now, so... It's it's ingrained, so it has to be done. But there's no other form of marketing, really. To yeah, be honest. Yeah, no other form that works, in my opinion. Um, it's no, it's not, unless you've got massive budgets to brand awareness stuff. Yeah, but even then, what's happening right now? There's cataclysmic shifts that not many people are actually noticing, which I'm very very grateful for because it means that the market's really early to still get in on, and that is um, direct response branding. There's a few people that do it correctly, but most people do it incorrectly. Sorry, it's most of it went past me. Oh, that's <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's fine, but I was going to say it's just basically uh, direct response branding. Very few people are doing it out there because... Um, what, what do you mean by direct response branding? Right, taking principles of traditional branding, like say McDonald's, you know, they're a brand, you can recognize them. Um, yeah. Same with Nike. A lot of people don't know that Nike actually used a direct response campaign through direct mail in the 80s to actually build awareness for one of their shoe companies. So okay. now that's kind of making a resurgence, but online now. So rather than the old school kind of, I'm going to send you to a sales page where it's just, you know, a straight sales page with sometimes there's a shitty background graphic or it's slightly graphical. No, now it's kind of going into the clean cut. We're branding ourselves as who we are kind of business ideals without having a huge budget as well. So it's kind of like, um, how do I put this? Take Apple, for instance. Yeah. Like, they're kind of clean-cut looking sites. You're now getting people creating those kind of sites for different markets. Okay. And they're selling out like crazy because they're using direct response principles, but with, mm. a, with traditional branding and direct response branding, which means, you know, when I say direct response branding, I mean branding that pays for itself. Like, direct response marketing pays for itself. A lot of, obviously, a lot of businesses, and Apple have done this well, Innocent Smoothies, lots of people like this. It's much more to do with um, getting people involved with what you're doing, creating a community around your brand. Yep. And this is what I've done with Interesting Talks. You know, Interesting Talks, we have, you know, between 10 and 30 people a day join the group. But we have people who come to so many events just because 
they know it. Basically, for interesting talks, in the middle of London, I charge seven quid for a talk, which is like half the price of the cinema. Mm -hmm. And they get to see a world-class speaker, basically, and be able to ask them questions. And they usually come to the pub with us afterwards as well. You know, there's a social side. And so basically, but people recognize the brand of interesting talks. They know it's going to be a certain quality and hosted. And I'm very systematic. I have tick lists and to-do lists for everything you know I'm a very very systemized person um, you know I'm highly organized in that sense and so, to make sure everything gets done yeah um, I don't rely on my memory I have notes for everything <laughs> and just just basically with it with any business a business is built on its systems whether that be your marketing systems or your operational systems of how do you deliver this product to somebody from beginning to end yeah. through to how do you do your marketing like what day does your newsletter go out on when do you run paid ads how do you take a lead and how do you then indoctrinate them into what you're doing and so I'm actually going to do a talk for speakers uh, a workshop for speakers about how to sell from the stage without selling from the stage what? and it really is about getting people involved in what you are doing an inclusivity factor about it and um, bring people into your brand and the thing is nowadays there's so much good stuff out there you know you've got websites you've got videos you've got things like podcasts you've got um, autoresponders um, you've got PDF downloads so basically by the time somebody comes to me for therapy they're not emailing me to see how much it costs for a session they're coming to me with all the forms already filled out saying I've heard of you I've heard all your stuff I've heard your testimonials I want to work with you and so what marketing does, marketing doesn't not only just get you clients, it gets you the right clients, indoctrinates them into how you work, and it gets them dying to work with you. That's what good marketing really does. Exactly. Just to backtrack a little bit, your speaker training, that we, you and I have to speak about because um, I have a friend of mine that is like religiously following you. I mean, right before I got on this call, he messaged me going, have you done your call with Matt? I'm like, no. He goes, when you do it, can you send me a raw copy? I'm like, no. <laughs> Could you stop bothering me right now? I love you, but still stop this. But um, it's interesting because he's a, he's a huge fan of yours, but he wants to, um, I want to say replicate or em he, he almost wants to emulate what you do, but for his marketplace. Um, and he wants to learn how to do the speaker training. So when you have that out, let me know. I'll pass you on. Pass, I will do. I will do. At the moment, it's just my idea. I now need to work out how to. I, want, I don't know whether I'm going to deliver it in person or online or do it um, in person and record it and make a product out of it. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that as of yet. Like I say, I'm just getting into webinars at the moment. So this is my next um, my next kind of venture, really. Um, but yeah, so basically the thing is with speakers, I've seen some great speakers and like, you know, I've, I've done over 200 events. We've had over, <clears throat> we've had over 80 different speakers from all over the world now. And some speakers give a brilliant talk, really informative, but they don't sell anything as a result. Then I see some people give an average talk, but they understand the psychology behind it. Because uh, I do teach them an awful lot, you know, especially those who haven't really spoken before. And I show them how to create systems. And some people will create tens of thousands of pounds out of it, you know, from one talk. Yeah. If you know how to do it right, um, you know, it's to do with the preparation before the event, how you deliver the content. And the thing is, you can't just, you can't just entertain and you can't just educate. It has to be enthusiasm and it's got to have something that people then go on to. Um, what's the next step? You know, rather than saying, well, if you want any more information, here's my website. Da, 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 that's not really very interesting. Basically, 
it really has to be um, just a tip if you are a speaker of any kind the best thing to do is to get people's emails addresses and don't sell at the event itself unless it's a book or something you know you can sell that's only a tenner but if you're selling a high-end coaching package what you want to do is you want to use the talk as a lead generator to get people's emails to get them onto a, a Skype call yep. or a phone call um, one on one is and then you better. upsell them yeah then you upsell them from there and that's what that's what really works um, and there's lots of different things to help people do that these days um, one of my favorite little gizmos at the moment is I use Aweber and I use a little app called Atom which is A-T-O-M and what it does is it syncs up with all of your accounts with all of your lists when you're out meeting people now when they say can you send me details or can we connect you go yep give me your name you put in their name you put in their email you choose the list you want them to go on and it connects them and adds them straight away. Wait, is that for an uh, iPhone or is it for Android? As well? Yeah, it's an app. It's oh, for, um, I have an iPhone, but I should imagine you can get it for Android. I'm as downloading well. that literally after this call for like um, my iPhone because that's just amazing. I get asked all the time. Let's connect. I'm like, okay, now I can actually go ahead and add you to a mailing list without having to go through the weird channels again. But um, there is. Imagine you're going to a networking event, right? Now you can set up a list specifically for this event. Now, you can have, say that you're going to an event on Tuesday night, you can have an email that's going to be broadcast at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. And on that email it says, hey, whatever their name is, it was really great meeting you yesterday at, at whatever event. Um, I'd really like to connect further, I'd really like to understand what you want to do. Why don't we schedule in a call so we can talk properly about this? And then basically, you just add everybody to that, and then, you know, you, so you're adding all these people. You can even put links to who you are, your LinkedIn, you can put videos in there, you know, you can put information about yourself. And so basically, and then you have a follow-on sequence for that email. If people respond, it moves them off it. If they don't respond, go, oh, hey, I met you at that event last week. I'm just seeing if there's anything I can help you with. If so, please let me know. And basically, they are now in your funnel. They are in your system. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you can do that to basically everybody who you meet. Um, you can just add them to a list, but you're giving them some sort of lead generator as well, usually. So if you're a speaker giving a talk, give away the slides or record the talk and give away a recording. And for people to get that, they need to come give you their name and email. Don't get them to write the name and email down. You won't be able to read it. And also, there's, there's issues with importing names and emails. They have to confirm. Blah, 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 blah. Actually, now it's, they don't. A it depends on what system you're using. Aweber, depends on what system. Aweber doesn't anymore. <coughs> Aweber doesn't? No, um, they, they got rid of it last month. That, so now you can import an entire list from another email service, I would say, or um, just from a CSV file directly in without having them, having them to reconfirm or confirm to begin with. But of course. Okay, yeah, but, I need to definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, that was like a new breakthrough. Because uh, I do that, so I'm. I'll have to check that there, but it, thought, you know, you can do it where you import lists and then obviously there's like a confirmation thing, but, um, but yeah, this, this just gets rid of all the confirmation things. And also I've seen people go out with their website and they're like their email capture that they have on their phone and uh, on their website, people put their name and email in, but you can only usually do about 10 of those before it gets blocked simply because you're submitting too many, um, contacts from one IP address. So. With the Atom, you get around that because it's an app, it's not a website. Um, it just does it directly, syncs in with your account as opposed to your website. 
and it's brilliant. It just means that you can send everybody a lot of information, keep in contact with them. All you need is their name and email, and basically everything else is set up in advance. That is friggin' awesome. And just to backtrack, guys, this is funny because Matt's saying something that um, I went on about for two years straight. I even bought the domain. I still think I own the domain. If not, I'm going to see if it's in my archive and I can pick it up again. And it's System is Freedom. That's how you spell freedom, S-Y-S-T-E-M. Because if you want true freedom from your business and your life and stuff like that, set up systems that give it to you. I mean, you would agree with that, wouldn't you, Matt? Well, absolutely. Whilst I'm on the phone with you, I'm making money. I've just sold two tickets in the last nine minutes um, from an email which I've sent out. So I've got a talk which I'm doing next week. Which... Um, it's not sold out. It's, uh, it's about basic memory and how to, um, how to work with negative memories and how to remove them. See, I and so literally also... got that email while I was on the phone okay. with you. Well, there you go. So basically, I, I set that off uh, just before I spoke to you. Yep. Um, people are now literally buying. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just looking now. So somebody else has just bought 11 seconds ago. So there. So basically, I sent out an email. Everything's set up. Um, so I've made 21 quid. It might not sound loads, but it's 21 quid in the last 10 minutes from me sending an email. Now that email will sell another 40 places at seven pounds each, so it will do several hundred pounds worth of uh, sales. Another one's just come through now. So yeah, now the thing is, this is all systemized. So I use PayPal, I use Meetup, and uh, I think the thing is, when people get into business, right, because there's so much social media, you know, you've got LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, or all these different things, people tend to do them all pretty badly. Um, you can run a business if you just have one of these systems working well. You know, you can run a whole business off email. You can run a whole business on Facebook. You can run a whole business on Meetup. You know, I have a Facebook page and everything for my Meetup group, but it doesn't make doesn't make any difference really. Um, it doesn't create sales. The sales are all on Meetup. So, what I learned how to do. I really learned how Meetup worked, and I went and dominated the platform. Yeah, that's all it is. Pick one thing, get really good at it, and then possibly look at something else if you want to. It's not. Oh well, yeah, but then it's basically it's just rinse and repeat. Then. Yep, pretty much. So every single interesting talks event is running exactly the same way. It's a system. It's a format. You know, my favourite business book of all time is The E Myth uh, by Michael Gerber. It's, uh, you know, my favorite business book. Um, just talks about systemization, about how to work on your business, not in it. I've heard so many interviews and stuff with him, and uh, that was what really kind of changed my whole aspect and perception of business, and um, I've been following the principles from it ever since. Yeah, best way to do it. Okay, so, Matt, I don't want to keep you for too long, so I know that um, we scheduled, we're almost at the time. Um, and there's three things, there's something I get everyone to do here, and that is basically give us three things that if someone's in a position where they can't actually go from, say, they're in a struggling position to um, a place, you know, where they've got a bit of a system going on, what would those three things be? Like, if, actually, that's a question. What would be three things that you that you know should be in every single person system? So are we talking about somebody who's starting a business or running a business or what what kind of position are we in let's say intermediate i've got a business running but it's not making as much money as i want it to so it's making me okay. a couple of hundred pounds a month maybe a couple of thousand pounds a month but it's nowhere near like the 10 grand mark okay okay well so every business um okay first of all 
you need to um, the first thing you want to work with people who've already worked with you. Basically, your your client list. A lot of people will work with the, you know, they'll spend a lot of time and money sometimes if they're doing AdWords or paid advertising to acquire a client. And then once they've worked with them, uh, that's it. Well, that's not great. Now, some people go, well, my product is only a one-off product, or which I completely understand. It's like I was working with people who do wedding photography, and that's kind of like a one-off service that you offer. And I was like, yeah, but okay, well, let's look at how we can work with that. So you've worked with people who already worked with you. What you want to do, very important, is testimonials and relevant testimonials, okay? Mm -hmm. So you want relevant testimonials. Um, and this is where a lot of businesses mess up. They send out testimonials that aren't relevant to the new clients. So, or the prospective clients, really. And so what you want to do is create um, very, very specific testimonials that are checkable and trackable. So you have the person's name and e uh, not email address, but website or some kind of link to them. Um, and you want them to give you a testimonial specifically on the service that you gave them. Because now you've got something that you can really use. Um, now you, you can... So you want to get testimonials, absolutely, but then you want to you want to get your current clients, if they can't buy from you again, you want them to get them to refer you to other people, um, either as an affiliate or just some sort of referral system you can have. So when I used to do printing, I used to send out every customer 10 referral cards. Now, they were already filled out. I filled them out just in pen. The new client would get 10% off and the existing clients would get five pounds for every order. So I would have people out there advertising on my behalf. And often when that new client came to my website, they would see a testimonial from the person who gave them the card as well. Um, so it just creates a very sort of like brand loyalty, really, you know, it's sort of uh, trust. Um, so work with your existing clients to get specific testimonials that you can use in your marketing. Get referrals and other people to refer people to you, um, doing joint ventures, things like that as well. The other thing as well is can you continue selling to this person? So if they don't need your service again, what other things might they be interested in? And can you do JVs with other companies who provide these services? So basically with the people who are doing the, the wedding photography, um, these people who are getting married, they, they actually, she goes, well, I've got a list of people who are recently married. What products and services would they also need? So she's, she actually does reviews of new furniture. Um, she does reviews of house insurance, um, gym memberships, all these different kinds of things that newly married couples are likely to need. So, and that's now on her back end as an autoresponder that continues to go out. So basically you turn one sale into multiple sales and again, this can all be done by affiliate and by referral marketing, um, and it's worked brilliantly. So people who buy from you, get them to buy again. Keep in constant contact with your, with your clients. Don't overbug them and don't send them out irrelevant information. But every week, you want to be sending out an email, and email is always the best form of advertising still, a relevant email about something. And make sure you're always delivering content. You're not just sending them all oh, special 10% off or something like that. Send specific content. Um, the other thing that's really important as well is that people don't follow up on their leads. When you do generate a lead, 
if you get an email or a phone call, you know, people tend to like then just dismiss it if they don't come back. You want to be tracking every lead and you want to be putting them into uh, an autoresponder or some kind of system. And the thing is, when you get new testimonials and things like this as well, send them out to people who haven't yet worked with you. So you've got to work with people who have contacted you but not yet bought, people who have from you and how you can sell more to them and how you can get them to refer you. Um, and the third thing is you need to get organized. A lot of businesses have like this uh, polar opposite effect. They're either mentally busy or quiet. You know, it's like feast or famine. Yeah. When people get very busy in their business, they, they forget to do marketing. Um, it's almost like, well, we don't need to do marketing because we've got lots and lots of work. They don't have any systems in place. And what happens that 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 wave of orders starts to diminish. And that's when businesses start to panic. Um, when orders start to tail off and then they don't know why. The fact is, is because they've not anticipated the orders, they've not systemized it so it can be scaled up as opposed to comes in waves. Um, and so, you know, you have a very up and down, and it creates a very unstable business. So what you want to do is get your system sorted out. How do people communicate with you? How do they buy from you? How do they, basically, how do they purchase from you? And how does that go from the beginning to the end? How do you put them into the different systems? So basically, you've got to think of it as a three-part system. Acquisition, processing, then after sale. So acquisition is how do you attract the right clients to get them to work with you. And I always say educating people in what it is that you do is brilliant. So podcasts, videos, um, white papers, websites, speeches, talks, this educates people in what you do. The processing is how you then turn that person into a client and you work with them. And then the after is how do you continue to sell to that client and how do, they, how do you get them to refer new business to you as well. If you put those three things together, the beginning, during and after, you've got yourself a real tight, well-systemized business. That is actually so, so true. And just to like backtrack a little bit about the feast and famine thing, I went through that for years when I was doing just copywriting. And then when I started in consulting, you know, just keeps feeding the machine. Yeah. If you're going to have hours off where you don't write, you might as well just talk to people and get paid for it. My personal favorite yeah, thing to do. But yeah, Matt, thank you so much for having, uh, for being here and, you know, taking the time to share your wisdom. Because there is a lot to be learned from this call. And especially for people to take it, take the, um, how do I put this? Don't just consume what Matt has said and be like, oh, you know, what a, look at what he's done. And just do the exact same thing, but in your marketplace. Well, do you know, this is it. I always say to people, look, I've never won a business award. I've never, you know, I don't know many business words or whatever, to be perfectly honest. I always just say, but look at what I'm doing. Look at the results I'm generating, the consistent results. You know, imagine how hard it is to, to run an event for 60 people. I do that 10 times a month as just part of my business. So everything I do, again, just please check me out. That's the best thing. But what I'll do actually for the, for the guys or for, or for the people who are listening to this, um, I've got a talk about which goes a little bit further into this, um, and I'll put it on a I'll put it on one of my websites for you so you guys can actually go along and watch it. Um, I'll put it because I've created a marketing product called Straightforward Marketing System. Basically, it's about how to just get a business to to make money really. But if you go to Straightforward Marketing System forward slash Adil, which is A D I L, well, dot com. Um, I think we'll be able to. We'll put a dot com uh, in there. For 
Straightforwardmoxes.com. Yeah, I'll send you the link out. It's on the. It'll be it'll be under this podcast as always, guys. Yeah, and what I'll do is I'll put a video on there from me speaking from interesting talks um, about marketing, about how to actually take the idea. Um, basically, I've called it how to do something interesting. But it's basically how to take an idea. Now, I did this at, when we gained our 10,000th member, and that was um, earlier this year, and we're now nearly at 13,000 members, so the group has grown exponentially. So, but yeah, I, I, people can go along and watch that and have more information about um, how to turn, you know, just because you've got a good idea doesn't mean it's going to make any money or anything. Um, and it's you've got to really look at how do I take an idea or... More importantly, how do you look at what other people are doing and how do you change it and make it your own? How do you actually improve something as opposed to completely reinventing something? Um, just changing a little part of something can give you an amazing business, you know? Just improve what's already there. And I know that Interesting Talks has got about eight copy events now in London. And I, you know, I'm not bothered by it, to be honest, because they'll, they'll never catch up with what I'm doing. Um, and I think it's actually quite flattering that people are taking what I've done, my system, and have replicated it and getting good results themselves. And I've even helped some of them. So not, uh, I don't mind what they're doing. And uh, it's worked out well. That's great to hear. So, guys, go ahead and check out straight... Oh, what was it? Let me have a quick look. Straightforwardmarketingsystem.com forward slash Adle. Of course, the link will always be underneath the video. Uh, well, underneath this podcast, um, as usual. Uh, check it out, and again, check out all the Matt stuff. The guy is absolutely awesome. Interestingtalks.com, that's with an S, isn't it, at the end? So, interestingtalks.com was .co.uk. Yeah, do.co.uk. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the .com goes to, to be honest. <laughs> I think I've got it, but if not, do.co.uk. Do yeah. yeah, even if you're international, check them out, because it's, um, Matt has, like, an amazing way of doing his uh, business. I think there's, like, you can you can watch a few things on there for free, um, it's a monthly, I think it's £10 a month, isn't it? That's right. We are going to be changing this up pretty soon, but basically we've recorded nearly all of the talks. Um, some of them were MP3 when we first started, now they're filmed. Um, each talk is about 90 minutes in length, and we've got over 180 of them online. So you guys and get a lot of stuff. Yeah, you can pay, yeah, you can... You can download everything um, in HD quality. You can even put them, download them and put them onto your phones and tablets if we've got everything. You can stream it directly to your phone and tablets. You don't need Flash. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's over 200 hours of content on there. You can be a monthly member or you can join and be an annual member or a lifetime member. But, yeah, it's a tenner a month or, like, 60 quid for the year. And that's usually updated, like, say, two or three times a month uh, with new content and... There's a lot of, you know, you can watch a talk a day for the rest of the year, basically. Pretty much. Might as well, like, you know, jam some good stuff in your brain on your breaks. Helps out. Absolutely. But yeah. Do it on your computer. I saw somebody watching an interesting talks video on their iPad the other day when I was on the tube. <laughs> that was kind of fun. But, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't approach them. Yeah. So sure. It was like, yes, that is me. Hello. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, uh, Matt, thank you so much for doing this. And, of course, I'll send out the MP3 um, afterwards. But, guys, I'm signing off. Again, sorry about the background noise. I'll try and limit as much as that as possible um, during post-editing, I guess. So when you hear this, it should hopefully be quieter. Well, thanks very much for having me on. Welcome.